0: Bereavement Room is a podcast for our community, faith and culture, featuring representative voices from across the UK. And I am your host, Kulseema Ali. Hello, my name's Shireen Kerr and you're listening to the Bereavement Room Podcast. Hi, I'm James Boston and you're listening to the Bereavement Room Podcast.
1: Hello, I'm Bafo Ababio and you're listening to Bereavement Room Podcast. Hi, I'm Jamie Amerjit, and you're listening to Bereavement Room podcast. Hi, I'm Ben Akwa, and you're listening to Bereavement Room podcast. Hi, I'm Jala Amir, and you're listening to the Bereavement Room podcast.
0: Hi, I'm Chelsea Cumson, and you're listening to the Bereavement Room podcast. Hello, my name is Laura Marvin, and you are listening to the Bereavement Room podcast. Hi, Faith welcome back to bereavement room podcast how's your week going what are you all up to dm me at me it's bereavement room on twitter and instagram you know i love hearing from you so yeah do write to me let me know if you've been enjoying series 2 so far what your thoughts are um, any reflections you might have yeah drop me a line i i love to hear from you So I'm pleased to say that today's guest is health psychologist in training. Well he's a psychologist now, he's done his Viva, he sat that exam, they let him in. Um, He's been in training for 10 years and I'm just so happy that I got him on my podcast so that I could speak with him. So it brings me great pleasure to say that today's guest is Jalal Mia. Jalal also runs his own charity from Bedfordshire. It's called Our Minds Matter, promoting mental well-being for BAME communities. It was founded when he was a PhD student at the University of Bedfordshire. A very warm welcome to Jalal Mia and to everybody that has tuned in today. As always, thank you so much for listening. I am your host, Kholseema Ali. Hi everyone, I'm pleased to say that today's guest is British Bangladeshi psychologist Jalal Mia. Welcome to the Bereavement Room Podcast, Jalal. How are you? I'm
1: very well. I am um, i should say I'm a psychologist in training, uh, but some people call it psychologist, some call it psychologist in training. Um,
0: well, you're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a minor yes. formality, isn't it? You've already done your exam
1: yeah yeah i should say yeah absolutely um there's that imposter syndrome kicking it in probably mm,
0: yeah <laughs> sounds like it yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're you're almost there i mean you, you sat your viva and we'll talk more about that uh later on in the conversation but my listeners they love to know where people are from what their background is what their interests are um so yeah go for it introduce yourself
1: um yes no thank you i um, the best way to describe is myself is, I'm a PhD student who's just passed his viva in the summer, just a couple of months ago. And I, um, my charity that I run and work with others um, voluntarily is called Our Minds Matter. And my professional sort of training, it's in the field of psychology, so I'm a psychologist in training. Looking at ways to prevent um, ill health and promote good health in that sense. Um, so there's there's different aspects to what I do. Um, it's not just one one thing that I do. And you know I work with uh, people and in, especially in challenging um, environments. So there's a bit of research, a bit of strategic, a bit of voluntary work, and a bit of practice work. That's why I'm.
0: Brilliant. So um, you and I met through your podcast, actually, the Psychology Cast. I was uh, a guest on your show. Can't remember when it was. Now was it early on in the year? Um,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It was I think back in? I think it was just before lockdown, wasn't it?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, gosh. It <laughs> seems like a lifetime ago. So <laughs> yeah. <I> say, yeah. <laughs> (laughs) And you know that was a real experience because I'd never been a guest on anyone else's podcast and I'd already you know I'd already started podcasting on VR for a while and interviewing so for me to take the guest seat on your podcast was insight to me just because Really, i it was a lot of awareness of maybe what I needed to work on, um, but also that it's so different to hosting because you are very vulnerable when you're in the guest seat. So I actually have a lot to thank you for because I think I've come a long way since then. Oh, really?
1: Okay, yeah, that was not the um that was not the plan, but no, it <laughs> was, was not. <laughs> I, no, I was just genuinely interested in your work and you know what was the what was the passion and the motivation behind what you were trying to achieve, like. You know, I'm still in that zone where I'm, t- I'm learning, isn't it? And you know, I need to understand mm. how other people are applying. And I think you know, the stuff that you you said in that podcast it gave me a better understanding how people apply their work and how much of motivation you know has to come from a personal space for them to do what they want to do.
0: Mm. Because
1: you know, the stuff that you talked about was actually really, really you know, valuable. Not just for my guests, for my audience. Sorry. and for me but just the wide topic in general like I think there's a lot of value in it and I thank you for your time
0: for coming on
1: and sharing your perspectives
0: yeah no it was really good it was a great learning experience I really enjoyed it and I'm really excited that I can have you as a guest now here on the bereavement room so talk to me about your psychology journey like why psychology and um we can kind of talk about you as a, a young carer at age 16 but yeah why did you choose psychology
1: um i think it, yeah it's, it goes back to your second second you know your second question there i mean second thing about being a carer i think i i you know i grew up with a lot of like you know people who had a lot of problems um mentally i should say mm. um, and both physically i suppose but socially too and I started to question things like, why is it that we, why is it like, why is it like this all the time? It doesn't mean that I was in pain or in misery or anything like that. It was just our curiosity. Like why, why are we like this and not other people on so basically we're talking about who we are talking about family environments. So what does our family operate in this way and not others do? You know, what's, what makes us so different? And I just thought to myself, there wasn't psychology, you know, in in, in of in secondary education at that time, uh, as a subject to talk about. So it, it came on as a later later on, like I became much more interested when people start talking about they were studying psychology and what's psychology. And I heard the term bits about it, uh, bits about it, you know, through different forms, like mainly through other people. And and through films as well. And so I just thought this subject had a lot of a route to answer some of the questions that I had about the family, you know, and why they were doing things and why did we have all these, you know, challenges and and why do we behave the way we do. And although psychology was a place, a topic that could answer those questions.
0: Mm. And I guess um, someone that was a carer at such a young age, 16, um, that must have kind of defined some of your decisions
1: yeah i i think it was uh, in terms of like i don't know when 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 you became a carer um you know i just think you don't realize when you make when you when, you, when it becomes like formalized role so i think maybe it, it might have been when i was younger and i realized actually it was a a kind of a, a carer you know from a very young age when i mean when you're looking out for someone mm. um i think you know I th- i think about you know someone older than me so we're going back the age of when you're a kid, because what you do when you're looking after your siblings, you know, Mm. so maybe five or six years old, four years old, five, six, seven years old. So when you start to take that first step of caring for someone, when you're responsible for someone. Um, and then it obviously becomes much more intense as you go on and you, when you hit later teens, whatever, because now, you know, um, it's almost as an expectation in that sense. And so, um, that whole journey of being, you know, a carer, I don't think it's, like, you don't realize when you are. They yeah. must have started at, at, at a younger age than 16. Mm. Um, but I think when you make that transition over the over time, and naturally people, you just get used to it, isn't it? You don't know what's happened to you. You're quite young yourself. Mm. Um, and there's an expectation for you to now be the person who's now in charge of these things, you know. There is no formal discussion. Like not like, yeah, you are now a care up. You will now do this role.
0: Mm. It just
1: it just comes upon you because I don't know. Maybe you cope with stuff like life pressures, um, and you just get on with it. And you have a bit of resilience. You're positive, so people assume that you're okay with certain things, and you probably are, uh, but you just don't realize you're making that transition or mm. making that step, that that development. But I think to myself, like I noticed the difference between the conversations because people at school would not be talking about medication, yeah? Mm. For, you know, what medication you have to write down, for example, for your family members, for for instance, yeah? Yeah. Or it could be, you know, yeah, we had the police round last night, (laughs) 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 you know? That's not, exactly, that's something not related. And I thought to myself, like, in my head for a long time, I thought thought they were going through the same things. So, Mm. maybe up into private, I just thought basically that's something that happens to every family. Mm-hmm. Until you hit about late, late te- early teens, 13, 14, they start saying conversation about what they were up to last night or what they did, you know, and what they would do. You just think, so this isn't, that's a bit different. Because mm-hmm. I thought, you know, we, we we wouldn't go to the parks, for example, because we're restricted. You know, like go to the park to play.
0: Yeah.
1: Up until a certain age. Yeah. So when people are talking about parks, we're thinking, like, what do you do in a park?
0: Oh gosh! But what, what,
1: what do, you do but there was no concept of that because everything was hard work.
0: Mm. I think later
1: on in school, you know, or in in when when it's post um, whatever um, uh, school, mm. um, late school, that's when I started to go to the parks. But the parks were only to play football, not to do. You see all these other material things, right? Mm. Um, Anything to them, what's this. Don't get me wrong. We we went on the odd occasion, yeah. Like it was a rarity, you know. Yeah. Well, we missed on the occasion but that's not because of my family's fault it's just because of the conditions we were under like you
0: yeah know. circumstantial so, yeah. Uh, yeah and i guess um in comparison to other kids particularly i don't know if you went to school with a lot of white families um i mean if i reflect on my own experiences i went to school with a lot of working class english there weren't any bengalis there that's for sure um and you didn't see many black families either i think mean, there was only one or two um a lot ours of was the...
1: just a little bit more asian
0: was it okay it was an asian yeah. demographic because you're from luton right yeah.
1: yeah
0: okay yeah i mean yeah i mean it de- it depends doesn't it what people's circumstances are and what their uh background is um mm. what their experiences are but i guess i found that you know i had to go to bengali uh classes and Quranic classes after school I couldn't go to tennis club I couldn't go play rounders with my friends or play with my friends after school because I had to go and you know brush up on my Bengali um, as my extracurricular or you know be with my siblings Um, and there were a lot of caring duties in my family as well I guess so so, I mean, how, what did that feel for you? What did that kind of look like for you and what did it feel like knowing later on when you became more aware of it? Because it sounds like it was just the norm and then suddenly it came into your awareness that actually um, there's a lot more I could be doing at the park or I could be hanging out with my friends but I've got responsibilities that I'm
1: I think by that time, for me, my brain was condi- conditioned in that sense. I think I just thought to myself, like, you know... <sighs> it doesn't give you any, it doesn't give me anything, it doesn't help me anything. I, I suppose I couldn't see the enjoyment in it in that sense, if you know what I mean. Where for, obviously when we play football for example, that's something I could enjoy whatever. Um, you know, uh, you know, running, but yeah, playing on, on the actual inside the park with other activities, it was a bit weird. Um what I suppose it did it did did for me. Do you mean in the sense that what, me as a person or just me socially?
0: Yeah, like socially, kind of how did it impact you, did you ever kind of ask yourself the question well why can't I go and do what my other f- f- um, friends are doing, why can't I engage in the stuff that they're engaging in?
1: I think maybe those thoughts came in much more earlier, like many women were probably six, seven, eight. yeah. So by, mm. the, by the time you got to high school, you know, at that time, you've already kind of accepted that this was your reality. Mm. But yeah, I think when, if you ask that question when I was six, seven, eight years old, I would be thinking, um, f- I suppose why can't I do this and why can't I do that? There's a bit of you know, rebellious going on inside your head, you know. But I think because ju- the duties were so much, so intense, your you you know you are you are seen as secondary. Um, your feelings are secondary. Your thoughts are secondary, and that's just that's not because of cruelties because of the circumstance, that like, well, what choice do we have? And that's how I thought in my head. I go, what choice do I have? Mm, I can I, I can, rebel. Of course I can rebel. I can tell them to get lost and this, that. But what's the alternative, you know? Mm. Do you mean? Because it, it does fall upon me. I go, no, you know, how much I try and avoid their dressing up. I am seen as the responsible one. I am seen the one as this understanding one. That's the way they see me. That's mm. the way I see the world. So if I wasn't this, what would I be? And I just, I suppose I took, I don't know, a bit of, um, you know, um, acceptance into the role. I didn't, I saw the opposites, you know, it's just sort the it's a good thing to have, it's a good thing to be. It's challenging, don't get me wrong, it was challenging at the time. So, but developing a sixth sense, so if you would go, if I would go out with my brother, for example, I would have to look out for him, you know. And, mm-hmm. he's older than, and he's older than me.
0: Ah, you know? uh, I see. <laughs> do you know what mean?
1: Interesting. So, but I obviously have a younger brother and it would be the same. You'd be, be the middle child, whatever, I don't know. But mm-hmm. you'd just, you'd, you'd have you'd develop a sixth sense for both and say, right, we don't do this, we don't do that, we don't go here. We, we have to be careful here. We spend the money here. Do you know what I mean? You know, little mm. things. And you just start to take on that role. So they're looking at you. My siblings are looking at me when we're in trouble. They're looking at me as if the, one with the plan to get ourselves out of here. You know, mm. and they look—they look—they would look clueless, like when they were kids. Yeah. They look at me and say, because they—they don't know what to do. And I—I I felt for them, and I felt okay. You should do to sort of protect them, whatever, because they don't know. And uh, they just look at you as if like you're the other ones with the answers. And yeah. the truth is, you don't know the answer. You are second guessing. You think yourself, yeah. okay, well, let's give this a go. Let's see what happens.
0: Yeah. So you were kind of like the role model, even though you didn't have all the answers. But to your family and your parents, you were kind of. The, the the role model child I guess that is yeah. empathetic and
1: oh, mm. I think if I didn't I think I think if I wasn't I don't think I that's what I mean if you talk about it right this is the issue about imposter syndrome right, people get uncomfortable with it I think you know people around me I think they might just feel they were I think they feel helpless they were unable to help you that's why they want to talk about it because it reminds them of like you know or, you know, it was hard, whatever. I should have done this, should have done that. It makes them feel bad about themselves. And that's not the point. That's why it's, it comes of, this is what I mean about being a carer, right? You, you, you your mind is basically about protecting the others. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's. that's what it's about. It's about protection, it's about looking after them. Even today, you can't talk about certain things because you're still protecting them because it hurts them. And you know, they're fragile. Mm-hmm. So now when, when you talk about your own pain, whatever, and, you know it makes them feel bad about themselves so you can't talk about it because it makes them feel bad so that's the caring role you see but some people don't understand that
0: you know, mm, you know what I mean yeah I hear you <laughs> so yeah I hear you
1: and that's what I mean that question you asked about caring that's what I'm trying to give you that insight like the caring role is about protection you know trying to shield them from pain and misery not just when you're a kid but even now
0: even now, though, as an adult, and because we know that talking is healthy, right? And talking openly about your emotions and your feelings is healthy, because if you keep it all inside, it could manifest into something serious. Mm-hmm. What's your perspective on that? Then, how does that work with the the caring and protector role? Because you don't want to cause them pain by talking about it.
1: Yeah, through lived experience, right? I've, I, you know, that's why I started. Um, one of the mental health charities um, I would I would I would say basically you have to you, you know you have to externalize you have to get it out you have to process um, but I would say you have to do it in a safe space
0: mm.
1: okay it doesn't mean that you do it within your own family because sometimes you, those are the people you try to protect but does not mean you don't talk about it at all mm. find the other space yeah mm. Like respect, respect yourself. Don't get me wrong. It will never be the same as like people understanding your own journey because it upsets them. But it's better than nothing. That's one thing that I look at it from. It's better. If something is better than nothing. That's how I see it. It doesn't have all the answers. Yeah. But it does help. And I think that's the way I look at it. Am I gaining an advantage at helping me? Um, because yeah, otherwise what happens is you externalize it. Yeah. You, sorry, you, you internalize it. Yes. Your, body, your body shuts down. Yes. The organ shut down. And at the end there it goes back if, if you if you go back to your carer role,
0: yeah.
1: If you can't how, how can you look after them if you're not looking after yourself?
0: Absolutely. And, and I think
1: true. and that's the way I look at it in that sense. I'm like, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm 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 I look at it from a very faith perspective. Uh God, God knows my pain, um, and he knows the lengths and breadths in terms of the, the you know, the the impact. Um, it's had but another thing i would like to add i don't know if you mind me saying
0: sure go for it
1: is the journey right has an impact on your character and your personality mm-hmm. don't don't ignore that i think a lot of people do meaning it shapes you right so i appreciate your own character who you are because you know the, the caring responsibility it takes a piece of you you know it takes a piece of you but at the same time it contributes to you too in a po- positive and a negative way and i think people still expect themselves to be that person they were back then they haven't realized what journey you've been on themselves and other people haven't realized what journey they've been on themselves so you know if you become a very confident person later on yeah you know, uh, as an adult yeah um uh they don't realize that that person has been developing, had to be that person, confident person, through the hardships. So why is it a shock right now that they're a confident person, but we see them as arrogant or, you know, big-headed or whatever, which is what I get sometimes. That's quite, that's a bit like, in a bit unfit. I'm thinking to myself, like... Very actual. Yeah, it's a bit like, have you not seen the person that's been growing up all these years with all the adversity? Were you blind?
0: Mm. Were
1: you not sitting at the ring, watching the fight? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know yeah. that kind of thing yeah yeah so I would this is why I mean apply caution to those people listening to say look understand your own sort of like journey the hits that you've taken the marks it's left it's okay it's normal it's nature think about a boxing ring yeah if someone's hit you a few times and you won the battle or whatever mm. um, naturally there's going to be bruises and cuts
0: and scars yeah, yeah.
1: and it takes time to heal some are permanent some heal in different, some leave a mark, some don't. But don't expect you to be the same when you didn't get into the ring. And I think a lot of people, that people I come across, don't don't um, don't understand what's the word. Don't have any insight into that. You know why? Because they're good people. They're not gonna. They never look at themselves because they're looking at other people helping them, isn't it? You know, because they they come from a good place. Um, And <clears throat> other people with 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 what's the word? Um, some people will get it, Some because people, some people see it so close up, your the hits that you've taken as a person, right? Yeah. And it shaped your character, so they don't see this person anymore, because they've seen this character all along. You know, the, 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 the person who's had to put up with adversity, hardships, you know, difficult challenges, you know.
0: Mm. It's not
1: arrogance, it's just they've been that person from day one, you know. Because they've had to survive, they've had to use it to survive in that they sense.
0: to Survive their battles. I love the way you articulated that in the <laughs> boxing ring and taking a few hits. And it's true. We all have scars and hits that are healing. And you're absolutely right. It is an arrogance that confidence has always been there. It's just so much adversity has been along that journey. Um, and I just want to, you know, touching on adversity, you didn't have many GCSE grades or you failed your A-levels and was it that a teacher said to you that education wasn't for you do you want to reflect on that with <laughs> us
1: it's it's crazy isn't it look this is this is the day that this is COVID-19 pandemic 2020 on GC results and we're doing this podcast
0: oh interesting yeah I didn't think of that wow
1: life is sending us a message
0: right uh, that's a sign
1: yes so exactly this day that we're doing the podcast in world lockdown, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, I'm post, I'm post the PhD, um, exam, whatever, um, mm. that we're doing, we're having this exact conversation on this day. Mm. I think life is sending me a message in that sense. And I thought about that the other day, I didn't want to tell you, I was thinking, I wonder what's the word if life is trying to send me a message. And yes. So very to this day, um, I received my results for my GCSEs. I opened up the the envelope. I grabbed it from the the hall. So before you know, it, so it wasn't sent to us by post. We had to go and get them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, everyone was opening their results and stuff, and I opened I opened my thingy up. You know the um, the the sheet and the envelope, and I looked at it and I just felt um, gutted. I did, that's my honest feeling, I got three C's and then I went over to another teacher and he had my other grades, yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, like for for my my other subjects and stuff, and I was just hoping just two more, so my target was five, yeah, five C's, got three C's, and I looked at it and I opened it and there was disappointment again, and I didn't, everyone was was quite happy at that time in that sense because of my caring it brought everything home to me in that sense like you know the whole caring experience and all of that stuff i'm not saying that's an excuse of course not um but it just brought, brought everything home like okay well what now i felt gutted in that sense i got three c's but after like um i don't know maybe throughout the day later on the day because i actually felt disappointment throughout the day later on i just thought to myself No, these grades are mines all right that's how i looked at them it took me a while to get them but these, grade, these C's are mine. God, I think i got quite a few D's. i got two C's in English and one in drama, I think. Um, but I just thought these grades are mine. At least they're mine, isn't it? I didn't cheat. Yeah?
0: Yeah, exactly. I didn't get, I
1: didn't, I didn't get anyone. I, didn't, I wasn't given an extra resource. I did my best under the circumstances. That is a true reflection of my stuff that I did under the circumstances. Like, do you know mm. like, I mean? And... I'm sure if they asked me a question, I, I kept saying, look, you know, I'm sure if they asked me a question on medication or, or Lanzapine, I would have got an eight star for that. <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah, you'd be able yeah. to read off all the complicated diabetic tablets. It, the yeah. symptoms
1: and how it works and, yeah. it for and all of that stuff and the and all of this stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean? You know, <laughs> uh, and, and that's what I mean. I just thought to myself, you know, I wish there was questions around that. And then maybe that's where the psychology bit came in, the mental health bit came in about yeah, academia, you know, in terms yeah. of like education. I wish there was questions about what I did know. It's not what I don't know, yeah. And so uh, basically, um, yeah, the GCSE three C, the three Cs, and I just thought to myself, like, this is. Um, it, I really felt I didn't feel too good that day in that sense. I don't think anyone paid attention, you know. Oh, god! Not, not that they would, you know, because
0: no one noticed is
1: that what you mean yeah yeah no one noticed because I think maybe because I hit it well I just thought I, I would accept I, I've always accepted for the way things are isn't it it's just mm. how, what you do but I just thought to myself like you know if they do not care the res- if they do not notice the caring responsibilities the impact it had um then why would they care about a daylight like today in that sense mm.
0: but then because that's but that's just so wrong, though, because... And I don't know if it's changed since then, because when you got your GCSE results, was it three decades ago or two? So um, about 20 years yeah. ago?
1: Um, it would be... Yeah, but uh, almost 20, yeah. So two decades ago, yeah. Okay. 16, 16, 18 years ago, 18
0: mm. years ago. Do you know if um, carers now, because there are lots of many carers still, that are getting their GCSE results, that actually the... Um, teachers would pay more attention
1: and I think they would but I think if I'm honest not much has changed f- in terms of support for them mm. I think there's acknowledgement better than mm. nothing right like, yeah there's not proper resource we don't they're not they're not given what they need in that sense you know when mm. extra resources basically and so I think acknowledgement is there yeah the that's why I feel for the care that's why I put a message out on twitter today on Instagram yesterday just letting them know hey look it's okay you know kind of thing yeah like the young carers yeah caries, I saw that yeah it's fine it's cool whatever happens their results embrace them let's move forward and let's celebrate and just give them some examples say look it's not the end it's the beginning
0: that's so true you know because it's a journey it's for me that was the
1: beginning yeah. for me for me that was yeah. the beginning to becoming a psychologist or to do my doctorate
0: mm. So yeah. can, I, can I just ask then, the teacher that said education isn't for you, like what's your message to that teacher?
1: I suppose it wasn't just that one-off comment. It was build-up in the last year 11.
0: Mm.
1: You know, and I don't think it was just one. I'm not going to mention who it was. Um, but no,
0: don't. But what think, would you say to them?
1: What's the word? It's almost like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a combination of emotions, isn't it? Because I think, I think, is it is it an ignorance? Is it because they didn't know? So I'm just trying to be, again, that polite person rather than angry with that person. Um, I think my message would be, look, um, what the hell happened? Let's explore your, let's explore why you came to that conclusion. I'm very curious as a psychologist, <laughs> basically, <laughs> to understand why you've come to that conclusion. What happened?
0: But to actually say the line, education isn't for you, was that the exact line that was said to you? And I know you say it was over time that you're not progressing well, you're not going to get the grades that you need. That's yeah. not being a teacher. That doesn't sound like a good teacher to me.
1: No, I think, yeah, I think because obviously you accept what your adults tell you at the time, right? Because obviously you're a kid. Yeah. So I genuinely believed that person for a long time. And mm-hmm. I think it stuck with me until a very long time that education is you know, it's not for you. You are not going to, you're not, you don't have that. Yeah. And so I accepted, I didn't challenge at the time. I accepted it in that sense. I, I don't, I don't know. No one's really asked me that question. What would I say to that person? Um, I think the person would be very, very mindful if they were to come in, you know, circle now, because, because they they probably feel, I don't know, that with all these degrees, whatever, um, you mean like they might make them feel insecure. Um, well, they were wrong.
0: Well, they were wrong, essentially.
1: Yeah, um, I, I, I think to myself, like, you know, should you be in the profession? You know, um, mm. is this is this what teaching is about? I mean, I'd be concerned. Um, but my my response would be, um, let's let's find out why why you did that, why you said that. In that sense, you know, It was highly ir- irresponsible. Um, it was very very uh, much. Um, uh, a confidence, sort of like you know, um, it was not done to boost confidence, um, but it's just where, where did that where did that where did that begin? Like, how is your teaching philosophy in that sense? So I wouldn't be angry with them. Um, I'd just be very philosophical with them, if that makes any sense. It's almost yeah. like I'm curious and trying to understand why have they reached that opinion mm. and and education. What's the word? Who 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 defines whose education? For me, my, my my answer would be like in that sense. I think it's up to the person, right? Like the individual, um, like, you know, the person doing the education. They decide what's education for them. because education is education, you know. I think they're the best judge. Like for me as a young person, I would have been the best judge. What's my education? So in that in that time zone, it would have been the life experience of being a carer. That was my education. Mm, you know, ah. It's not. It's not a teacher. It's not a an academic, if you like, to tell you, who has authority over you, um, to provide an introspection into your life, into your mind. Because no one has that. Only the person who's doing the education has knows exactly what they're feeling, what they're thinking, what their journey is. They can share. They can share, like you know, suggestions, but to say to define you in that moment was catastrophic yeah if that's the word to use
0: yeah yeah it is (laughs) because it can leave a really nasty you know lasting impact on how you feel about yourself and how you move forwards and I'm just really happy to hear that you have moved forwards and you've always asked well why and you've always questioned certain things and I'm just really happy that you are where you are, and you're continuously learning, and that you see it like that. Because I think when I failed my ABC business, which is equivalent to A levels, I was, I couldn't understand it. It was so confusing, and I was so like angry at myself, but angry at the fact that these teachers just didn't care. They were just like, "Well, you're a lost cause now. What are you going to do?" You know? I mean,
1: no. I mean, I I'd absolutely, I'd, I'd, I'd. I'd that we you know my family's experience of being a carer building the resilience mm. that saved me in that sense from being destructive mm. if I didn't have the resilience that might crush me but because I was already there I was like yeah I know life's crap I know I'm crap I know I'm like I'm useless but I'll still play the game you know mm. because in in school um you know there's been like good moments in school like I was a school um um football captain
0: mm.
1: for the football team yeah yeah you know? And that was a big moment for me in that sense. Okay, academically I was not there, but in football I was the captain for this team. Mm. I Means I had leadership skills. So I was able to communicate. We won a few tournaments, you know, and to be like you know chosen as captain because they choose you as a captain. You don't you don't take it. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: But I should uh, say I should say that the one teacher did give me co- did give me some confidence. She said to me, "I'm gonna get I'm gonna get two C's out of you." She stopped me in the corridor.
0: Mm. <laughs>
1: I'm going to get you the two Cs out of you, if it's the last thing I do, Jolene.
0: Yeah, and, she, and I, I think that's amazing. And she did. And she, she did. did. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's amazing because I, yeah, and you you say that about football. You know, you can get leadership skills through other activities. It doesn't always have to come from the books. It could come through physical education and. Um, other team-building exercises. Um, So, yeah, uh, all is not lost. I think it's really interesting, like, your journey and the way that you kind of um, translate your experiences. I think for me at the time, it was just perseverance and determination um, to try and make changes, I guess, to get myself to uni. Uh, I can't actually say that anyone was there. I think I just did it on my own.
1: Yes and that can be very isolating isn't it? It's like you don't know and you don't know if you've done the right thing or not you know sometimes you just think to yourself am I am I supposed to be here?
0: Yeah I think my aim was right I need to get to university what do I have to do? Like what 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 resources am I left with? What can I do? Because the future was looking bleak and I think people can You know when something like that happens when you fail or don't get the grades that you need you know the way you process that and who's in your environment and who's going to help you I think is very very important and also the tools your inner resource and tools yeah yeah to to get you to where you need to be um well well done you very proud (laughs) of you oh thank you very proud of you and I think hopefully a lot of the listeners you know they'll get a lot of value from your hearing your experience but also might also resonate it with their own journey so I just want to talk about being Bangladeshi quickly before we go on to grief um so you are British born Bangladeshi right uh yeah yeah so um do you think Bengali's are good at celebrating milestones.
1: I think when it comes to celebration, like, um, like certain occasions, like, you know, weddings, and some, to extend birthdays, they're fantastic. They're amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they're better than most, like, I mean, like, you know, in terms of, like, the way they go about their celebration, acknowledging it. But mm. when it comes to... Um, certain key points in 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 sort of like uh, people advancing in terms of their um situation in terms of improving their prospects i should say yeah prospects Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. but this education this work with this business whatever yeah we've we've compared to the weddings like it's the way down on the floor way Mm. way way down that's my perspective i'm not saying other other people agree but if it was like of a scale i'd say weddings and birthdays would be a 10 (laughs) Yeah, like on the ten scale. Yeah, and the birthday. I'm sorry, the others. The prospects would be a one. That's how far we are. That's that's how far we are.
0: Why do you think that is?
1: I think it's a lot to do with um, insecurities. Maybe it's to do with um, high levels of poverty. Like there's a big, big uh, population that we we have um, that roots back to generations and to other places in the world, that they, we live in poverty in that sense. And when we feel that someone is, you know, progressing, improving their prospect, we feel abandoned, we feel loss. Where weddings, right, weddings is something we don't feel the loss. We're able to relate. We know it's going to happen. It might happen a different scale, okay? But because we're able to relate to weddings and birthdays a bit more, like for example, birthday parties, or whatever, we don't feel threatened. But prospects we feel threatened. Like, if someone's progressing, just even a bit, right, we feel they have something we don't and we feel threatened by that. It shows us to be insecure. It shouldn't be like that, you know, Um, but it is like that. That's how they feel. So I think the the, the difference between the two examples I don't know if that's a good example birthdays and
0: (laughs) and well we do celebrate weddings to the nines I'm going to be honest and it is a big celebration within our community that's true birthdays when I was growing up wasn't a big deal it's a big deal now for my nieces and nephews generation the generation below me but when I was growing up I'd be lucky to get a birthday present or any kind of acknowledgement that it was my birthday. I mean, I would just repeat my birthday until someone notices it. Um, but in terms of the education thing, yeah, I think it is related a lot to poverty and... in businesses. Yeah. Even,
1: even new ideas, you know. It doesn't have to be just in educational markers. But in terms of high moments, it's also like big moments in people's life. They've taken the risk. They've taken a bit of like, you know, an educated guess, like, they're just going to put themselves out there and see what happens. Whether it's a course, whether it's a business, whether it's an educational thing, whatever they've done, you know, we don't mark the moment as well as, we, as well as we do as a wedding, in that sense. Mm.
0: So, what did you do when you finished your Viva exam? Did you celebrate with the family, or you went to the chicken shop, right?
1: Yeah, um, it's funny <laughs> because we do, this was this was the first time in the university we're doing a Viva in the in the home. We normally have to go to the university to the exam.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah?
1: So, it was very weird. I mean, I had, you know, I said to, once I finished it, viva went past, I told, mom, told my mom why, why? Um, you know, she was in the house, you know, and uh, she, she took it. Obviously, she, 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 she's trying to best understand what is that, with what I've done, because obviously of the mental health side of things, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: so, I think she got it in her own way, as most people have said it to me. Yeah? So, I went out. And I just, because you're so hungry.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Trust me, you felt, I felt so hungry. I was, I was thirsty, but I was hungry more. I just wanted, I used a lot of energy, this whole exam. And I went to my favorite chicken shop. My friend took me, actually. And uh, I got him and me some peace because he was there with me all the time. And uh, went to that shop. It was empty because obviously COVID. But I saw the guys in there; they were quite happy because they always asked me, "How's the research? How's the sound, They saw me as a young kid, yeah, going to going to going through difficulties and you know getting the food odd, and that food tasted good. So I went to the chip shop, bought some chicken, and uh, bought some chicken, took it and ate and it was the best food I had in my
0: life. <laughs> Is that because it just tasted? A this little bit sweeter, a little bit more. I think it did. More. Yes, yes.
1: It did. It was, I don't know if it's with the sp- spiritual essence in this sense, but it definitely was blessed. It just, and then I put the post down on social media. Um, but I think what I did when I said to people, I just put the one word past because I was too tired to write a whole story.
0: Yeah.
1: I did do a vlog on the day, you know, before, but after the, as soon as it passed, I text everyone past and um, I told. Yeah, I just didn't. I was just literally in a daze the whole day. But I, what I did immediately was to go to the chip shop and have my favorite chicken. And then I had a nap afterwards, and that's about it. Sounds, um,
0: sounds pretty good to me. I like it. I like. I saw that video you pasted that you'd went to go and get your chicken from the fried chicken yeah, shop. Yeah, um,
1: because you know what it is? People want, wanted to know the results, isn't it? So I just thought, let me just do this thing. And some people got it like in terms of like, um, the happiness and stuff But other people became a bit odd In that sense, you know They wanted a bit more of a personal message I'm like, I'm shattered you know, I haven't got the time and the energy, mate <laughs> you know? um, I'm literally just going to go Eat this thing Tell everyone in one go Right And then rest, recover Because mm. my mind was, you know Was disoriented for some time Yeah I was all briefly messaging Not even messaging, just replying that was really just one word answers for a week. Because I was still recuperating in that sense.
0: Mm.
1: So that's how I did celebrate.
0: Yeah. Recovery takes a while. And also, it might have been the shock as well. Because I always find when you've achieved something or passed, it can be a bit of a shock to the system <laughs> after yeah, anticipating. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because yeah, you're always in, always in. You're, you're in fight mode all the time. You have to be because, you know, as a young carer or whatever, um, you know, you're never off it in that sense. Mm. So, you know, when you complete this thing, you just still know there's still fighting in that sense. But this thing, I don't think I realized I passed. It still doesn't hit me even now for two months. It's, a, you know, um, I think because your goal was to understand what the hell was going on with the family, isn't it?
0: Mm.
1: Mental health side of things, you know, your focus on that in that sense yeah so you just don't have
0: priority yeah yeah Uh, it's interesting yeah i I ask about celebrations just because i don't know how much we really celebrate and i think it's getting better as generations go on um but i don't know if uh, like i think yeah go on sorry
1: i think my family i mean my sister cooked some food i was quite nice in the evening went down Mm. And that's quite good. And you know what I mean? uh, That was a bit of closure. Mm. And then, you know, some relatives um, who I knew, you know, I said this out, you know, quite clearly who I knew um, who were there for the family all those years ago, those people came to my mind who'd been there. Yeah. Um, And I, you know, I think my sister told them like a few days before. Um, you know, please uh, bear in mind—he's got his exam coming. But he remembers your kindness to oh, me. Oh, that's that really time. nice. Yeah. And that encouragement from from a young age. Yeah. You know, like, well done, whatever you're doing. Just you know, just keep going, whatever. And there's a few, you know, uh, select individuals who are very, very prominent. Just because they might not be there, in terms of like, um, you know, for sh- for presentation purposes but they're mm. there in spirit, they're there in kind words, they were there at that time, you know, they were there when the chips were down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I have not forgotten as a kid, Yeah. you know, who was there by my mum's side and, you know, dad's side, whatever, yeah. and a difficult time, homelessness, and, you know, all this stuff. Just because I was six, seven years, eight, eight years old, whatever, I wasn't blind.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you felt that physically and emotionally yeah. um, growing up. but So it kind of brings me on to the professional space in general, do you think there's, a, is there a low representation of Bangladeshis in the professional space? You know, does it, do we need to do a bit more work? Do you think that's shifting? What's the point? Well,
1: well, in psychology or just...
0: In psychology, but all, all all workplaces, really. I mean, if you take publishing, for example, you'll very rarely see a Bengali in, in publishing. Um, because we are generally seen as a subordinate of South Asia or we usually fall off the South Asian narrative because people generally refer to Indians and Pakistanis Um, and then we kind of are an afterthought. Well that's just how I feel about it. Do you have a personal thought on more Bangladeshi representation in psychology and just generally?
1: Yeah, I think you know our identity is you know is what makes us who we are, right? And we we can we can make a significant contribution um, because if we help if we help someone else, then we help ourselves. Um, and it works the other way around. If we help ourselves, we help someone else. Mm. So I think we have to diversify our portfolio of work, not just going to one, you know, of just business, but we need to diversify into the other professions. Because we need to make a contribution, um, and we understand that some people are not always going to be lawyers and doctors and business people. You know, we need to be counselors and therapists and psychologists and publishers and you know whatever designers and whatever thing that makes us who we are. Because everyone's character is different,
0: uh-huh. and I think
1: if we become too one-dimensional, two-dimensional, right? We 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 are we create more risk for. Um, Bangladeshis, um, so I think sometimes, yeah, society has to give you the chance. But I think what we, you know, the way I look at it is what we, you need to ask yourself: like, what are you doing about it? What chances are you taking? What risks are you taking? You know, you have to change it within. Our parents and and anyone who comes into the, for example, the UK. If you think about the, the history before, um, of all ethnicities, right,
0: mm-hmm.
1: of all backgrounds they've all been immigrants yeah. they've all taken that leap to change and they've changed the face of the, and the language of the country and stuff like that. So if you think about Vikings and Romans, you know, um, the Normans, um, they've changed, they've, they were all immigrants. And basically we, you know, we are, we are like them, they're like us. Um, but I think it doesn't happen until you step forward and say, look, let me change some of this stuff. So I think while you can expect society to give you the chance, I think you need to um, participate in in your chance. And I think that goes not just for psychologists, but also other professions too. I think, yeah, there needs to be change within the industries to diversify our portfolio. They need to change
0: the structure. Like some of the structures are very European and I think they need to, uh, you know, there is a lot of bias in trying to get into certain industries, there's a lot of recruitment bias, for example um, that might stop someone from, I don't know, Bangladeshi community breaking into that industry, even if they do want to participate. Um, so yeah, oh, yeah. 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 I mean the industry,
1: I mean, yeah, the interested of course, have to take responsibility because I think they're missing out economically. Right. Mm. And they're missing out on the intelligence, they're missing out on the business and the intelligence. So let's look at it from an evolution perspective, mm. you know, they're missing out on things that could prosper and to further evolve as a society. Mm. you know so when you make discriminations you're actually doing it yourself a disservice that's why we talk a lot about the mental health charities it's all about BAME to say listen you know if you don't get this right you are basically making your service a lot more ineffective which is not what you want so it's about showing them look if you work in this way and make your services accessible for all you as an individual are able to be more effective and organization become more sustainable and become more helpful Mm. and improves your own morale in makes you feel good so it it helps everybody if we get it right in
0: that sense Mm, absolutely I couldn't agree with you more and um Bangladeshis are definitely just more than the curry house like yeah 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 Yeah. yeah, we we you know there are so many successful Bangladeshis I bet there is so much more that can happen within our own community as well in terms of participation as you say which now brings me on to your perspective on grief, feel free to draw on your own personal or professional experience of grief.
1: Um. See, grief is something that we you know, I've not experienced grief immediate um, with an immediate family. Um, mm-hmm. So I should put that out there for the listeners, of course. Um, but I did, you know, that was the, 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 the significant most grief for me that I experienced emotionally was probably loss of my uncle. And that's because his vision was to come and change the status quo for his generation when he came over. And I think he did achieve that, you know, in some aspects, like you know, he settled and got family and stuff. And in terms of education, you know, everyone says to me, you know, from his siblings and stuff, I mean from his children, they say to me he would have been really proud of you or what you did. Because you know what I said to you about recognition and acknowledgement
0: mm-hmm. about the journey
1: and stuff, I think he probably did see it. And the fact that he's not here to celebrate this moment yeah. of his of his decision to take the position back then in the sixties or whatever it was, that has actually come true to some you know, fruition in that sense. It's that yeah. vision. Yeah. To say it will improve things for the generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you know some of your legacies and your ambitions and your hopes has come true not all of it because you're not going to get everything but it's good to have those dreams right that's why we do things and to see it come true maybe in his eyes that's what according to the children say to me you know because he would have been proud of me in that sense so for him to go just before i was just thinking i was just starting the phd because he was he really, he was really, he was interested in to know my journey in that sense he would ask about psychology what is he up to what is he up to in that sense he would not ask me directly we would ask his children what so up to his interest to know about the progress so for him not to be there was quite was quite sad in a sense because I think that would have been and the second most thing was the person who goes back to grief was um you know when I was 10 I he I was 10 about 10 years old mm-hmm. on, my, on my birthday found out this person had died who was a very big supporter of me when I was a kid in terms of like they would always give me unconditional love it was like a so an
0: auntie, like a not family friend auntie.
1: Yeah, family friend auntie. So yeah. When, when I think when we were made homeless, back then, you know, it was her family that took us in. Oh wow! You know, and you know, it was she was the one that you know, and she liked the engagement. She was, she was a bit, old, oh, she was quite an old lady, um, but she liked the, um, I think the the the, the cheekiness in, in the in the ch- in the children, you know, because we'd play about as in as kids.
0: Yeah.
1: And we and we feel more safer when someone someone loves us, isn't it? We feel more playful. Of course, yeah? yeah. So she would enjoy that and she would give that unconditional love. So when after a few years after that, when I found out um, on the birthday, oh, she's passed away, that was a big shock. It was almost like, I never thought people could die. Like someone close to you. And then it made you thinking about your own people, isn't it? So when I think about it right now, She's a person who'd be, who'd be singing my praises because she gave that unconditional love.
0: Mm. Yeah, you'd think about her. She was obviously a big part of your life because she helped you, you and your family out. Uh, and to be human,
1: and to be human. Like y- yeah. she, made, she made me to feel. Uh, what's the word? That um, yeah, it doesn't matter what's happened in in your family, whatever. That it's okay to be still accepted. In that sense, so it made me feel mm. accepted
0: and safe. By the sounds of it, very safe because you. Were oh me. yeah,
1: hundred percent. And so when the when the when when passed the exam, I you start. I start thought. I start thinking about that old lady. I wonder what she what she would have said. In that sense, it would be nice to have the conversation. It would be nice to go and visit her. But obviously, you know, this was going back you know, a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs>
0: 20,
1: twenty odd years, whatever.
0: But your grief but, would take you back there. Like, if you ever achieve, achieved or reached a milestone, I guess you would think about those experiences and the person that was there for you, you know, when you most needed them.
1: Yeah, just, just basically in terms of like, you know, they'd just there would just be genuinely whatever you did, whatever happened, they'd be happy for you and they'd just be there for you. And they were there, you know, this was a proven example. Mm. And you can tell by the sense of the, you know, the emotional intelligence or the empathy.
0: This was basically
1: done unconditionally.
0: Oh, of course. She housed you.
1: Yeah. It wasn't done, oh, you know, I need to look good. I need to, I mean, i got to do it because my responsibility. I do it because I care about you. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's just, uh, that's, that's just such a big thing. It's such a big thing. And especially for you as a child to go through being homeless. And it's such a big human thing for someone outside of your family that is seen as an auntie to, to do that for you. And yeah, I hear where you're coming from that, you know, you, when you reach your milestones, that you would think about that and your grief for her, Um, which kind of brings me on to talking a bit more about bereavement. Um, Sometimes people might see a psychologist instead of a psychologist, Psychotherapist. psychotherapist. God, I'm getting them mixed up. It's really bad. Let me start again. I did that. Yeah, I did that first. <laughs> They're not the same thing, everyone, by the way. Um, <laughs> sometimes people might see a psychologist instead of a psychotherapist or counsellor for bereavement. Why is that? What's the difference? Uh,
1: for from, from me, so from the psychology perspective, um, how I would answer that is, I think we explain why certain things the way they are. So that's our perspective, that's our approach to the topic, or any topic, we apply the scientific explanation of the way ah, things Ah, okay.
0: Are. Scientific. Okay. Uh, okay, and psychotherapists is more about talking and not actually giving you the answer. Uh, it's more of a therapeutic model. Uh,
1: yeah, it's a processing. It's not... Yeah, it's processing. Yeah, that's how I see I mean, that's how I would see it. It's like, we explain, they process. Mm. They help you. We help explain, understand it to you, but they would help you process it.
0: Ah, I see interesting I've never seen a psychologist hmm I wonder what that would be like to get the answer the scientific answer because I'm always processing it's it's almost
1: like we would give different perspectives right so it wouldn't be like one answer so we might give four different perspectives so like well according for example like you know when I mark an essay there'd be a question on schizophrenia for example yeah and then I've explained two or three theoretical theoretical approaches to understanding this question.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not just one answer, I want three answers. Three potential answers, three potential theories. And then the person would basically take whatever suits them.
0: But it's scientific is the difference?
1: Based on evidence, yeah, based on some sort of, you know, um, scientific uh, method, method being applied to reach that answer, yeah. Mm.
0: And um, actually a lot of psychologists work on the NHS, so you need some kind of medical License
1: is that correct? Yeah, psychologist is a broad term, so you can become an educational, a health, a clinical counselling. It diversifies into different uh, elements of the topic. I see. So you could be occupational. It could be so. Psychologist is it, it's not just about uh, you know in a medical model. It can be in a any sort of person who's got issues in their life that they help to understand, to overcome things to, to 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 come to a solution or to come to a better understanding of things. Um, so where so, like, you might have an organizational psychologist who works how to get their employees to work more, uh, a higher performance and their staff morale. That's an organization psychologist, yeah. Mm. A business psychologist would be like, mm, How can we use to communicate messages more to our consumers? Mm. A sports psychologist is about how do we get the sport athlete to produce their best performance on this particular moment, events like the Olympics. A counselling would be okay. How do we, you know, help the person to to almost like um, recover from a certain condition? Clinic would be like how do we help best treat that person? And health would be like how do you, so? They, can you see? There's an education it's would be like world. yeah, it's yeah. So, so broad, like so you know,
0: diverse.
1: Yeah, and yeah. it's why it's what it's a very popular subject. I think it's the second most popular subject at the moment at six one co- uh, college level.
0: Oh wow, really?
1: Yeah, it's, mm. um, which I think we have to be careful. I should say, because we have to make sure when it doesn't become a place of like, we're taking, we're exploring people. Yeah, like meaning because the fees of university education, we have to be careful of that, you know.
0: Um, it's so very some... expensive to train, Jalal. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 It's, you know, it could rack up to 20, 25 grand. So did you take a student loan? What did you do? <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I did. I, I basically, for my um, undergrad, I did a uh, student loan. And um, for my master's, I, I worked. Um, and um, for the PhD, I worked. I self-funded. So my master's and PhD was self-funded.
0: Oh, wow. Uh,
1: yeah, I just made, somehow made it work. I mean, if you really, really, yeah, it's a big investment. Um, and it depends how committed you are. But I think it's up to the societies and the division to make sure that, you know, look, at the end the day, this is a... A, 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 a good feature for you in that sense and make sure it's accessible for you mm. um, so it is it is but I think it depends on your own passion. I think if you really want to do something you'll do it. Mm. Um, but yeah um, you know, going back to that question about psychology is broad it's huge it's 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 vast.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's given our listeners a good breakdown of how it all comes together and what the difference between a psychologist and a psychotherapist is. So thank you very much for sharing that because I can often get them confused. Uh, if you could pass on a personal wisdom to our listeners about death and grief, what would that be? I
1: would, I would say from my perspective is um, take, take things at your own pace some sometimes, most of the time, you know, your hardships is gonna go unnoticed. You know, I think we need to stop getting out I think we need to stop we need to come out of that field that we expect people to feel things for us. You know, I think we we need to be realistic. Um and just remember there's some people who who are watching you closely and it'll be there for you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people won't, even though they're sitting close to you. I think just remember who those people are and lean on them if they, if, they if, if you want to. Like, if you've got any sort of issue with who you are, how you are, just think to yourself, like, you're not alone. Um, going back to my earlier conversation around, there's a place to process stuff. Like, if you're experiencing pain, misery, loss, bereavement, um, Trying to try to, um, try to find out where that place is because that place does exist. It might not be the place that you think it is. Like you know, like I said about the caring role on that stuff uh, with the families and telling them all that stuff because you're protecting them and you're protecting yourself. But there is a space, you know, and find that space. It might take you a while to find that space, but it is there. Believe you me
0: that was very wonderful thank you I definitely take away some insight something I can probably think about as well but yeah that was really great thank you very much thank you Um, for having me yeah and before we kind of end um do you want to quickly talk about how to reach you like what your charity does before we go to the gratefulness challenge
1: Oh, yeah. um, uh, What's the word? The yeah, best of like, um, there's two. So to get me, mine's in social media at Joel Elmere. You know, um, <laughs> we had, I know we had a conversation about the, what's the word, the, the name, but yeah, it's uh, Joel Elmere. That might change. I don't know. Keep yeah. If, 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 if if, yeah, if, if some people are all right with it, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, they, there's also the charity one is the at uh, Minds Matter GB so it's Minds Matter GB and that's on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. yeah it's an um, organization basically which delivers mental health education to uh, both um, members of the community from particularly from backgrounds, faith communities but it also provides um, some consultancy to um, health services about working with people from different backgrounds and people from faith and culture backgrounds
0: okay and did you have a lot of cases on corona virus with Bangladeshis, for example because i know that we've been in the news with regards to coronavirus hitting, hitting our community the hardest uh do, do you do a lot of work around that as well have you had many inquiries
1: yeah, all of it's on, on on the ground, really. Like you know, can they, they're in a difficult situation? They've got this happening, they've got that happening to them. Can you help us write a letter, for example? Because can you help us support an application here? We're trying to get more support. Um, can you give us a bit of advice? You know, about mental health. Should we should we should we approach the services if we do? Will our children be taken away? All these little issues, which are actually big concerns um, for them. Um, uh, what's the word? That's what, that's what seems to be coming out. It's about,
0: mm.
1: we can't be talking to the authorities if we do, we, you know, we can't trust them. And oh gosh. So, so they come to us and yeah, I mean, I think that's where we come in and we bridge that gap and say, hey, the authorities are okay. You just need to speak to the right person, speak to the right service. You know, we've got those confidential relationships with them and, you know. So
0: because- is, is that all communities or is that the Bangladeshi community specifically?
1: Us is more South Asian,
0: okay. You
1: know, I wouldn't say I'm sure it's in other ethnic minorities too, but in terms of what we're getting, is South Asians,
0: okay. Interesting, and just quickly, like, what why do you think our community's been hit the hardest with coronavirus?
1: I think it comes down to socioeconomic factors. I okay. really do think about where we live, about where we, where we work, the types yeah. of jobs we do. I think, Property. you know. Yeah. Yeah, housing, um, overcrowding, yeah. living in yeah. dense yeah. areas. Yeah. And we can't, we have um, we're self employed most of us. So, we, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we can't be, we, well, not all of us can be following, you know. Mm. We have had to, we've had to be working.
0: Mm. In you know. the, yeah without PPE P- like Uber drivers for example and yeah. key workers. <laughs> okay well thanks very much and um, what are you grateful for? Should I go first or do you want to go first?
1: Um, yeah you can go first.
0: Okay I don't think I thought of anything. Um I just really, I just really am grateful for having this conversation with you and having connected with you really a couple of months back when I came on your podcast and just, you know, I can really relate, I think. I don't know if that's because we are from the same community, um, so we can kind of speak that same language or maybe it's the psychology thing, I don't know, but I'm just really grateful for your you know your insight and your knowledge today, and hopefully we can collaborate again in the future. And yeah, just thank you for your your perspective on grief.
1: No, thank you for having me, gentleman. That's you know it's giving me a chance to share, and hopefully people find it really really helpful. Um, I'm what well, am grateful for? I suppose I'm grateful for the opportunity, um, as I've said. Um, and I think to share on. Grateful for a day that's the actual GCSE results day, you know, yes. that is something that I'm grateful for. I didn't plan that. No,
0: um,
1: We don't know if the GCSE results were going to happen. Even yeah, all, I did. Yeah.
0: yeah, I did schedule that on purpose. <laughs>
1: yeah. And um, I would say I'm, I'm just grateful to basically part, you know able to participate and tell my own story.
0: That was Joel Mia on why we do what we do based on his own experience as a young carer and his perspective on grief and loss. I love his reflection on finding that space to process it somewhere, it's just that it might take a while to work out where that safe space is. And how he talked about that analogy of being in the boxing ring, of taking the hits and the scars from adversity that we experience in life. Let's wish him love and continued success and if you haven't had a chance to check out his podcast psychology cast please do i did appear on it myself uh, just before coronavirus and that was a defining moment for me uh, unintentionally because i learned a lot from my appearance on his podcast and i've gathered from today's conversation that we both got a lot out of that conversation and yeah you know just really really great chatting with Jalal this evening and, and I hope that you all got something from us talking about our experiences as always thank you for listening until next time I am your host Colseema Ali.